0: Hello church, it's been a wild week for sure with a lot of changes going on, especially due to this virus. Schools have been closing and sports activities have stopped, even Disneyland said it would close for a couple weeks. Yet, Jesus remains the same, unchanged, he is the king, the reigning king today. And so I'm glad that you could join us as we look into his word today. Let's start with a word of prayer, and uh, then we'll look into God's word. Um, Father in heaven, do thank you that uh, you remain the same. You are still the king. Nothing has changed about that. We've experienced a lot of changes, but you are the king today. And so... We ask that you would be with us in a special way as we open up your word, speak to each of our hearts. Thank you for the technology that we have that we can meet even though we are not meeting in person. So guide our time today, guide our country, guide our world, your world. We commit all this to you in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, Today I want to open the Bible with you to Luke chapter 12. Go ahead and grab your Bible wherever you're at. Let's turn to Luke chapter 12. We've been considering different grace encounters and and I was going to share with you from Luke chapter 11, but there's something in Luke chapter 12 that seemed a little more applicable to where we're at today. And so I want to go over that with you. Luke chapter 12. A lot of changes going on in Luke chapter 12. There's... There are people who love Jesus, and because of that, the disciples are thinking, this is great, they love our King, and they're excited about that. But there are a lot of people who hate Jesus, and it changes at times. And so when they hate Jesus, the disciples are thinking, oh no, what's going on? So when we get to chapter 12, we see that there's a lot of opposition toward this Jesus. And one specific emotion we see in this passage is the emotion of fear. And I know that that is applicable for us today. Look with me. Chapter 12, verse 1. It says, In the meantime, when so many thousands of the people had gathered together, that they were trampling one another. I just want to stop, and I thought, man, this, this sounds like us. Thousands of people Gathering together, they're trampling each other, there's change going on, there's opposition towards Jesus, and I thought, I haven't been to Costco or Winco the last couple days, I've heard the stories, my wife went on Friday, and I thought, okay, this sounds like us, thousands of people gathered together, maybe not trampling each other, but we got a scary situation going on. Go to verse 4, if you would. Jesus said, I tell you, my friends, do not fear those who kill the body. And after that, have nothing more that they can do. So this is what Jesus says. Do not fear the people. There's much opposition going around. Do not fear. Don't even fear the dying at this point, he says. Now, The disciples had real fear. They had real emotions going on here. And as I look at verse 4 there, and Jesus is speaking that, I I, I thought, okay, there's a question I need to ask myself and a question I'd like you to consider as well. And it's this question, what do we fear? What are the things that you fear? I'd hope that you'd discuss this with your community group and, and that you would internalize this and ask yourself these questions, what do I fear? I started making myself a list, what do I fear? And I'm hoping you ask this question, what do you fear? I started making a list, and the first thing that came to mind, of course, was skydiving. I fear skydiving. I would never do this. I know that some of you have done this. My father-in-law did this for his 70th birthday. I never planned to do this. Great fear, the thought of going up, having the door open on the airplane, looking down, Thousands of feet jumping out. This is a great fear of mine. I'm not going to do that one. I thought of a couple others, though. I thought sickness is a fear, especially in light of what's going on. I'll be honest. There's a little bit of fear. And Then I thought of a third fear, and that would be the stock market. Like I'd be lying if I didn't say I've looked and said, oh, man, what's happening here? So those are just three fears that came to my mind, skydiving, sickness, and the stock market. What do you fear? Consider that if you would. Then I started asking another question, why? Why do I fear these things? So I had to go back to skydiving. Why do I fear skydiving? Certainly the discomfort of being in the plane, looking out, looking down at the world realizing that my stomach would probably go up toward my throat. A lot of discomfort in skydiving, I could imagine. Free falling, you know, that doesn't sound good. Then the pain of that. My body would experience pain. And then the landing. If the parachute opens up, the landing's probably still a little difficult. If it doesn't open up, there's going to be a lot of pain. Frankly, there's going to be Death. And I thought, okay, wait a second, I, I, I could lose everything if I go skydiving and it doesn't work out well. Well, the same goes with sickness. I, I do not like being sick. I'm a terrible thrower-upper. Um, my family can attest to that. I, I, just, I don't like the discomfort. I don't like the pain of being sick. Yeah, and then it could lead to death. Um, the fear of losing everything. Same with the stock market. There'd be discomfort and pain in my life, and maybe it could lead to death. I I could lose some things, maybe lose my kingdom. And so why do I fear? Well, pain, death, the loss of a kingdom. So as I was thinking about this, I thought, wait a second. Fear is a good emotion. It's a God-given emotion. So how can I use this for good as opposed to allowing it to eat me up? Fear can do a couple things. Write this down if you would. One thing fear does is it could lead to anxiety, which we do not like, which is not good for us. Fear could lead to anxiety, the anxiety of pain, death, losing my kingdom. But... Fear can also lead to something good. Fear could lead to me seeking wisdom. Fear could direct me to the only Savior, trusting in Him. In fact, Jesus said this in John chapter 11. He said, he who believes in me, the person who believes in me, even though he dies, so that could be a great fear of yours dying, but the person who believes in me, even though he dies, will live. And so fear could direct us to making the wisest possible choice of trusting in the only Savior. So let's consider that as we go back to verse 4 in chapter 12. Jesus says, I tell you, my friends, do not fear those who kill the body and after that have nothing more that they can do. But I warn you whom to fear. Fear him Who, after he has killed, has authority to cast into hell. Yes, I tell you, fear him. So, Jesus gives us a warning here, but he says, I I actually want you to have this emotion. And the emotion could lead to anxiety about pain and death and losing your kingdom, but it also has the potential of helping you make the wisest choice in trusting in the only Savior which was, at this point, it is himself, Jesus Christ. So fear. Will I be anxious about losing some of these things? Or will I not be anxious? Philippians chapter 4, many of us would be familiar with this. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. The Apostle Paul, who is in prison, who's experiencing pain and discomfort, he says, do not be anxious about anything. So yes, I understand there's fear, but don't be anxious about anything. Instead, pray. And the peace of God, which transcends all of our understanding, will guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. So fear is this great emotion that God has given to us. And with it, we'll either be anxious, which is not helpful, or we'll turn it to make the wisest choices, ultimately trusting In the only Savior, Jesus Christ. I thought of a story a few years back. I was walking with my son. He was probably 13, 14 years old at the time, and we're walking across a busy street, and he was not paying attention. And I could see that as he was walking across the street, a car was coming. He didn't see the car, the car did not see him, and tragedy is about to ensue. And I screamed, I was fearful. It was good to be fearful, but I was fearful and I said, son, stop. And he stops. And his initial reaction was, why did you yell at me? I was like, because I was fearful. The car was about to hit you. You were about to run into the car. Fear is a great emotion to have. If it leads you to make a wise choice, in this case, stopping before the car hits, I was fearful at that moment. My mind was racing. I wasn't going to just be anxious and think of all the terrible situations. I just made the wise choice to yell, catch my son's attention so that he wouldn't get hit by a car. Years later, we went back to that intersection. We were walking across, and I said, Son, do you remember years ago you were right here at this intersection? You were walking out, you almost got hit by a car. I screamed. He says, I don't remember that. I was so grateful that I didn't emotionally scar him for those years. But I'm glad that I was fearful. I'm glad that I noticed what was going around so that I could make the wise decision and say, stop. So when Jesus is talking about this, he gives us a warning. In essence, he's yelling. Look what he says in verse 5. But I warn you whom to fear. Fear him who, after he has killed, has authority to cast into hell. Yes, I tell you, fear him. Jesus says, let the emotion that you have, whatever you might be worried about, let that emotion lead to knowledge. Let it help you make the wisest choice in trusting in God. Now, Jesus lived this out completely, didn't he? He, He's headed toward the cross, and instead of just being anxious of, oh, there will be discomfort and pain and death, and I'll, I'll lose this thing called life, he said, I'm going to use this fear to make the wisest choice possible, to surrender to the will of my Father, to trust in God. This week I was reminded of a passage in Psalm 56. Go ahead and turn there for a moment if you would. Psalm 56. I'd like you to write this down and and go over this passage today and this week. Share it with those around you. But I just want to read a couple of the verses from Psalm 56. It was a passage that Jesus would have been familiar with. King David said this, Be gracious to me, O God, for man tramples on me. All day long an attacker oppresses me. My enemies trample on me all day long, for many attack me proudly. You might be feeling this way. The news just keeps trampling me. I can't get out of my house. There's nothing at the store. Notice what David says in verse 3. When I am afraid, when I am afraid, I put my trust in you. David says, I've got fear. I've got this emotion. What am I going to do with it? I could be anxious about the pain and death and maybe losing my kingdom. Or I could make the wisest choice and trust in the only God. Verse 3, when I am afraid, I put my trust in you, in God, whose word I praise. In God I trust. I shall not be afraid. What can flesh do to me? Yeah, there's going to be some discomfort and pain and potentially physical death. But I'll take this emotion of fear and I'll make the wise choice, the wisest choice in trusting the only God. Well, years later, this is what Jesus did himself. He says, I'll take the fear that I have of the pain and the discomfort of going to the cross, and I'll trust my Father. You and I have the same choice. Will we be anxious about what we might lose, or will we trust in God? Let's go to verse 6 and verse 7, if you would, because Jesus gives some pictures of this. He says, Are not five sparrows sold for two pennies, and not one of them is forgotten by God? He said, you've seen this. There are these birds. They're not too valuable. You buy those, you snack on them. You can get five for two little coins. I mean, this was probably the start of buffalo wild wings. And he says, consider this, not one of them is forgotten by God. God notices every sparrow. Verse 7, why even the hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not, you are all You are more valuable than any of these sparrows, many of these sparrows. You, you and I are more valuable. There's a value that you and I have because we are made in the image of God. Special value that we were born with. And he says, the sparrow is noticed by God. You are more valuable than many sparrows. It says that God's watching. He knows what's going on. He knows how many hairs are on your head. I know there's a joke in there about me right now. But the average person has more than 100,000 hairs on his head. And God knows them. For me, well, I bring the average down a bit. But anyway, here's what we know. Fear not, Jesus says. You are of more value than many sparrows. In other words, you can be anxious about the discomfort, the pain, the death, the loss of your kingdom, or this fear can cause you to make the wisest choice to trust in the only Savior who sees you as valuable, who knows everything about you. Where are you going to allow this fear to go? Skip with me, if you would, over to verse twenty-two. 22, Jesus continues speaking about this topic. Verse 22, it says, And Jesus said to his disciples, Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, nor about your body, what you will put on, for life is more than food, and the body more than clothing. Let's just stop there for a moment. Don't be anxious. He goes, I understand that you'll be fearful. There are a lot of things going on, whether it's right now in our world or opposition from people. Do not be anxious. This fear, don't allow it to create anxiety about your discomfort, your pain, even your death, the loss of your kingdom. Don't be anxious about that. Let this fear help you make the wisest choice to trust God. The only Savior. Verse 24, he says, Consider the ravens. They neither sow nor reap. They have neither storehouse nor barn. They don't have a 401k. They don't have these retirement plans. They don't have savings accounts. And yet God feeds them. Of how much more valuable are you than the birds? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? Verse 26. If then you are not able to do as small a thing as that, why are you anxious about the rest? Again, he's speaking to our value. We are image bearers. God, when he made us, said this is good. In fact, God saw so much value in us that he says, I'm going to send my only son. They have a sin problem that they can't fix. They don't deserve this, but I see them as valuable. They're, they're enemies toward me now, and I'm going to send my only son to go and pay for them. Speaks to our value. And he says, I, I know you're anxious, anxious about the discomfort, the pain, the death, the fact that you might lose your kingdom. But don't be anxious about that. Let this fear help you make the wisest choice to trust in the only Savior. Verse 27, consider the lilies. We've talked about these birds. Let's consider the lilies, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even King Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these But if God so clothes the grass, which is alive in the field today and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, O you of little faith? You of little faith. As I read this earlier in the week, I looked at this and said, wait a second, you of little faith? You who are short-sighted, you're getting caught up in this picture and you're only seeing your pain, your discomfort. You're thinking about your death. You're thinking about the losing of your kingdom. You of little faith, those words hurt me. I'd hope that we'd all do some self-examination here and consider that, you of little faith. Do you have faith in God at this time? Not that he'd just provide in the immediate need, but are you looking to him, making the wisest choice to trust the only Savior? I'll just be honest. When my wife went to the store on Friday, she came home and we were talking about this, and inside I started thinking, what about us? What about me? I mean, the food's disappearing. The toilet paper's disappearing. What about us? And I started thinking, oh no, there's going to be discomfort and pain. It could lead to death. I could lose this kingdom. Yeah, I I have little faith at times. I would hope that you'd just be honest and confess this to God and say, wait a second, this fear has led me to be anxious instead of looking to you, making the wisest choice to trust my only Savior. Hope that you would do some self-examination today. Even as I say this, I'm thinking, okay, I can say this now, but the reality is later today or later this week, that fear may again crop up in my life. And will I allow it to bring anxiety, or will I take it to make the wisest choice to trust my only Savior, Jesus Christ? Go to verse 29 if you would. Jesus said, do not seek what you are to eat and what you are to drink, nor be worried. Wow. For all the nations of the world seek after these things. Catch this, and your Father knows that you need them. He knows. He knows that you need these things. Instead, seek His kingdom. Seek His kingdom, and these things will be added to you. Wait a second. My father knows? Even me? I mean, there are seven plus billion people on this world. Yeah, he knows me. And he knows you. And he knows where you're at. And he knows your needs. He knows the sparrow. He knows the raven. He sees the grass of the fields. And he has a greater love for you and for me and for us. And so if you fear, And it's going to be reasonable that that happens. Don't allow this fear to bring anxiety about your discomfort, pain, death, the losing of your kingdom. Jesus says, look again, verse 31, instead seek God's kingdom. Let your fear cause you to make the wisest choice to seek his kingdom, to trust in the only Savior, Jesus Christ. Okay, verse 32. Fear not, little flock. <laughs> as lead pastor here, I would say that to us today as well. Fear not, little flock. Don't allow it to lead to anxiety. Allow it to make the white, allow it to help you make the wisest choices. Fear not, little flock. It is your father's good pleasure. Catch this to give you to give you the kingdom. The kingdom that we're so worried about losing, the home, the job, the physical body, that's not the kingdom. Your Father, it's His good pleasure to give you the eternal kingdom. Me, you. When we trust in Jesus Christ, and maybe today it's even for the very first time, When we trust in Jesus Christ, we are given the eternal kingdom of God. It's His good pleasure to give that to you. So don't fear. I know you're used to this kingdom, but consider it's been His good pleasure to give you His kingdom. So let your fear cause you to make the wisest choice of trusting the only Savior. Verse 33 and 34, we'll finish here. So Jesus says, sell your possessions. Now, he's not saying sell your toilet paper on eBay for $1,000 a roll. I don't think he's talking here. Just You can go ahead and give up this kingdom. Sell your possessions. Give to the needy. Provide yourselves with money bags that do not grow old. I know we're starting to think, how can I hunker down? No, provide yourselves with money bags that do not grow old. With a treasure in the heavens that does not fail. You see, this is what Jesus has offered to us. When he went to the cross and when he died and paid for our sins and Victoriously rose from the dead, he's providing us a kingdom, a treasure in heaven that does not fail. Catch this where no thief approaches, where no moth destroys, where no sickness destroys, where no stock market crash destroys. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also see, Jesus knows that we have a little conflict in our hearts. Even as Christ followers, we have this conflict. These are followers of Jesus. And he says, I know there's a conflict. Part of you says, I love God. But I love the stuff of this world. He says, wait a second. Where's your treasure? Where's your heart? He says, I, "I I love the eternal kingdom of God. But... I really love my temporary kingdom. And he says, where's your treasure? This is a great measure a message for us to remember. Wait a second. God's given me some good things, but this is not life. The things that are temporary, that is not life. It's the eternal kingdom that is life. So he says, go ahead and sell. Go ahead and give you know, I think this is going to be a fantastic opportunity for us to minister. Maybe it's an opportunity for you to minister with a neighbor, an opportunity for you to minister to a coworker, a classmate, because there are many people around us fearing. And they're worried about discomfort and pain and death and losing their kingdom. And it's going to be an opportunity for us to say, wait a second, I want to tell you about a kingdom that is greater than the one with my address to one it's a kingdom that God has provided for me through the work of his son Jesus let me share a couple applications for you before we finish up today certainly there's a choice of fear choice when we fear what are we going to do how are you going to handle that fear today yeah i know we'll think about the discomfort I'm not going to get to work. I'm going to lose some things. If I get sick, I might die. Loved ones might die. I could lose this kingdom. There's a choice when we fear. The greatest, wisest choice we can make is to turn to God at this point. For those of you who follow Christ, continue to turn to this Jesus whom you trusted your eternal soul with. For some of you, it's going to be turning to Jesus for the very first time. There's this choice when we fear. I think there's another application for us because this is going to be a great time for us to display our love and our belief in God. Time for us to display our trust in the only Savior. I think we're going to have people say things to us over social media or at work or in the neighborhood And they're going to say, how are you preparing for this? I want you to consider this. I want you to be transparent when you talk to your neighbors and your co-workers and your friends. I want you to be transparent. Let's not be so self-righteous to say, well, I've made the wisest choice and I trust in the only Savior. Be transparent and share. You know what? Fear is can cause me to be anxious, and I have been. And I I don't want to be uncomfortable, and I don't like pain, and I don't want to die, and I don't want to lose, let's be honest, my kingdom. Be honest with him. But as we are reflecting and making a wise choice, in a very humble spirit, say, I I know I've made the wisest choice to trust the only Savior, Jesus, and I'm going to have to continue to make this wise choice to trust in God. Go back to Psalm 56, and it says, When I am afraid, because it happens, it's this God-given emotion, I will trust in God. It's going to be a great opportunity for us. You see, I I think the enemy would use this for evil. The enemy would want to strike fear. The enemy would want us to consider, oh no, I'm going to lose all these things. God's going to use this for good. I wish you were here to say amen with me, but God is going to use this for good. He will. And we're going to be able to turn to Jesus over and over and over Typically, on a Sunday morning, we get to finish with a song and we stand and we sing together. And, well, we don't have that opportunity today, but I want to read the words of a song to you. Familiar song. And it says these words My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean and trust in Jesus' name. When darkness seems to hide his face, like it does right now, I rest on his unchanging grace. In every high and stormy gale, my anchor holds within the veil in the most holy place where I get to talk to God. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. Say it with me, all other ground is sinking sand. His oath, his covenant, his blood support me in the whelming flood. When all around my soul gives way, he then is all my hope and stay. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. Say it with me. All other ground is sinking sand. And when he shall come with trumpet sound, oh, may I then in him be found, dressed in his righteousness alone, faultless to stand before the throne. On Christ, the solid rock, I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. Say it with me. All Other ground is sinking sand. On Christ, Jesus Christ, the solid rock, I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. Pray with me, please. Father, you are in control. A lot has changed in the last few days, but you haven't. And this did not catch you by surprise we read that Jesus is the same yesterday and today and forever. And I ask that you would help us, and this includes me, that you would help us when we fear, when we hear news, and it's bound to get worse. That when we hear this, that we would not, that it would not lead us to anxiety, that we would not just consider our discomfort or our pain. We don't want this that we wouldn't just consider our death, that we wouldn't just focus on the loss of our kingdom, but that this fear would help us to make the wisest choice, which is trusting you. Would you help us to consider the words of Jesus about fearing you, to make the wise choice in trusting you, to know that you have offered us an eternal kingdom because of the work of your Son, Jesus, who paid for our sins. God, I ask today for those who have trusted Jesus that you would again remind us that we are to trust you in every situation. And I ask that you would help those who maybe have never trusted you today that this fear would cause them to make the wisest choice in trusting you. That they would simply say, Jesus, I need you and you have paid for their sins jesus by simply believing even though we die we will continue to live because our sins have been paid for we've been granted forgiveness we've been it's been your good pleasure to give us your eternal kingdom so i thank you for your word i thank you for the holy spirit that is going to be speaking through us as we Hear this as we continue to go back to your word. Comfort us in this wild time. Remind us of where this fear is to point us. On Christ, the solid rock we stand. And it's in his name we pray. Amen. Church family, I look forward to seeing you again in person, giving you a handshake again sometime, giving you a hug, but for now, this will do. I love you, but more importantly, God loves you. You are valuable to him. He's watching over you. Trust in him. God bless you all.